Welcome back to the Rabbit Trails podcast, everybody. I'm, I'm your host, Barrett Harkins, together with Garrick Regner in Spain. Hope you're doing well today. <laughs> hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> how's I'm doing good. How's it going? It's good to uh, be on the Iberian Peninsula. As always, uh, life is always good on the Iberian life Peninsula. Oh, at least always a always a fiesta. Anyway, yeah, there's always something something to celebrate. Hey, do you guys do you guys have like do in in Andalusia do do they mark like the the beginning of a um, festival uh, market day? Uh, <laughs> the, the beginning of a afternoon coffee with uh by sending up uh like noisemaker fireworks like in the middle of the day um that does happen on certain things yes that's that that does happen um so it basically sounds like a war zone around here on a daily basis because pretty much for everything galicia sends them up and there's explosions specifically on the weekends is mostly because there's lots of market days and different stuff like that but we can hear just loud bangs right because yeah it's because you know yeah, it's it's fireworks, fireworks without you the, want it goes the at color. night because right. you want to see the the. But yeah, no, no, we have days. Certainly, I don't know why. I, you know, one time I went to Fias, the first day of Fias with, with uh, some friends of mutual friends of ours, um, and uh, it was you know I was like so and literally thousands of people packed the main square and someone said something, and then and I mean we were there for like maybe 20, 30 minutes and and and, and then all these bangs went off for like. It must have been ten minutes, just pop, 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 and just really loud. And then it ended, and everyone left. And so I was like, "What was the like? Wh- why? Why did we do that?" And they're like, oh, "I don't know. It's just what we do. <laughs> it's just loud. Everyone together, and everyone. I mean, everyone went to have have lunch, and it was like a big party scene. Everyone was out yeah. in the street, you know, drinking beers, having fun. But it just it was so. There is something about the. I don't. I don't know exactly, but yes, a lot of Spain does that. That just loud noises, and then yeah. we're like, okay, it's begun. Something has. Something has begun. I'm, I'm not or, sure. Or something's ended, maybe. Yeah, something. Well, they do it at the beginning and the end of yeah. every market. And so, like yeah. here, in particular, because they're so of the registered, like not municipalities, but but registered living spaces, villages. But there's even something mm-hmm. even smaller than a village in, in Galicia that isn't. It's it's unique to to Galicia. So of those registered in Spain in total. 50% of them are actually in Galicia because, mm-hmm. because there's actually water here as opposed to the rest of Spain, which water is centralized to a few small places and everyone congregates around that water. Mm-hmm. Right. But here there's water everywhere. So then yeah, it didn't, so the population is a lot more dispersed in Galicia yeah, as opposed yeah. to, you know, more, very, it's a little bit more rural. Right, too. Right. Yeah, I think and so, and so you'll have these really small villages that will have a market day and they send up fireworks at the beginning and the end problem uh-huh. is, is where I live, I can hear for uh-huh. literally kilometers and kilometers, I can yeah, hear 15, 20. Villages. So it's like all day long on Saturday and Sunday, boom, 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 yeah. boom. And then, you know, someone's having a birthday party, boom, 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 boom. Someone's, you know, yeah. ending their birthday party, boom, boom, boom. I mean, lot, yeah, just, yeah. like, so literally noise. Yeah, and there's millions of dogs in Galicia too. So it's like dogs uh, are just yeah, barking. All, start all barking. Anyway. Yeah. That's one thing you got, yeah, when I've been you gotta get used to the on the Camino, you gotta get used to the barking dog. That's like a yeah if, you're, if you stay in Albergue in a, in yeah, a town. Yeah. If you stay in the city, you don't notice it, but you know. Yeah, once you hit Galicia, it's, it's just it's just an incredible amount of of noise. <laughs> I've grown used to it. Uh oh so you, you get used to it. I, yeah, yeah. I don't even notice. Sometimes people are like, What's that sound? I'm like, What? Like yeah. you just want to hear that loud. I'm like 
oh yeah, that's you know that's this. You just get used to it. When we first moved to Spain, we lived across the street from the main, not the cathedral, but one of the main churches where the the Virgin, uh, like the Patrona, the the patron saint of Granada, which is the the Mary of anguish. And so in September, every day, every day, every three hours or two hours, I can't remember these. The bells, right, and this right across from our house would go off, just bells going off, but not just like ding dong. It was like bomb, 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 bomb. It was like ringing bells, and then so they're they're letting people know it's time to pray or go to mass or whatever, you know. And so, but it was super loud. I remember, I remember our um, we, we had just moved into this place in September, and seeing so, you know, like what, and our and our landlord is like, oh, it's it's just in September. <laughs> it's just you know, and then they and then they shoot off fireworks like the last night of September. They shoot off fireworks right outside our house, like. 15 minutes at midnight, you know, so your kids are in bed. Like the first time it happened, our kids are, we're all sleeping. And all of a sudden, pop, pop, it's like a war zone. Cause they're literally shooting fireworks off right outside our, you know, and it's just yeah. it's so loud. Yeah. Or, you know, and, you know, but after, after a couple of that, you, you know, cause you, so you, the, the first few days of September, you're like, ah, but after, you know, after days of that, you just, you don't hear it anymore. Yeah. Tonight's the fireworks. Yeah. Tonight's the fireworks, you know, kids yeah. will sleep through it probably. It's a loud loud country. I will will say it is quite nice though, where I live. So we love the, the, the life, the hum of life in town. Right. So Mm -hmm. the the chaos, the, you know, the life chaos that is uh, Mm -hmm. the center of any given Spanish city. We love it. You know, everyone going out for, you know, drinks or or food or whatever. And when we're, when we go to town, we're always like, Oh man, I kind of wish we lived, we lived a little bit outside of town and some, you know, you've been here, but you know, for, for, for those who haven't been at my place, uh, you know, in a nice little green patch of, of Galicia. And, um, anyway, so we go into town where I was like, maybe we should have just lived in town. This is great. And then we'll come home and we'll be sitting uh, out on our, on our covered porch. And Mm -hmm. we're kind of like, Oh no, this is this is nice. You know, yeah. we're kind of like, Oh, this is, this is why we live here. And so we kind of have the best of both worlds. Cause we're only like a seven minute drive from downtown. So it's yeah. Great. You're, you're becoming very Spanified. I can tell because the fact that you go, when we go into town, when, <laughs> when you you're, you're, I mean, you know uh, it's, it's not like driving from, from Terrell to Dallas, you no. know, that, like in, in America, you go, time to go to town. You know, or or uh, you literally live seven minutes from downtown, right? right. Santiago, like you can get in your car, you, you you can walk it in like what half an hour, maybe? Yeah, maybe. yeah, it takes about forty minutes. Short, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which in Spain is, you know, that's a pretty short walk. Yeah, distance. it's normal, normal, it's normal. So, but you, that's yeah, that's great. You're starting to sound like Spain, a Spain, Spaniards who live outside of the city, you know, because we we have friends who live in the towns of Granada, which are right across the highway. So the Bus don't deliver in part of the city bus system per se, and they're just so there's this mental block of like, oh, right. even though I'm literally, I can walk across, I can literally walk walk under the highway bypass bridge, and I'm in the city, <laughs> but no, but I'm in I'm in the pueblos. We're out, we're way out You're, far in the right, pueblos, right, yeah. and like, yeah, she just you are, but but not really, you know. You're yeah. not, you know. Well, uh, that's one of the great things about or great things, interesting things about Spain is that all cities are so dense. Yeah. And so you'll have just this massive, like really compact, dense urban area. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, and then it ends and then it's country. Yeah. 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 Unless Spain you're in Galicia the, and every now and then there's a yeah. village. Right. But other than that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, Spain, Spain has a lot of empty space. Yeah. So Spain, I, I looked it up because it's kind of like my brain. 
it was, a, space. it was a little bit of a um a a little of a pet peeve I had with some some people who kept saying, you know, Spain doesn't have big cities or so something about cities in Spain. I can't remember what the beef was, but I looked it up and and Spain is the most urbanly dense. So it's not on on paper as a as a whole country, it's not that densely populated, right? Right. Because you have these massive uh, spaces of nothing. spaces with nothing, very few people. But when you say no of urban density, it's the most urban dense country i think in the world um and actually you have you have the most dense square kilometer uh in the world in a city in barcelona they have it's something like fifty thousand people in a square kilometer i mean it's it's um is that is that counting tourists because isn't, um, isn't barcelona so. isn't barcelona like one of those crazy places where it's like on any given day there's more tourists there's a lot of tourists who live there i don't think it's counting tourists it's counting yeah. actual wow. citizens yeah, so because because Barcelona is not a big city, no. very small, very packed, a lot of people who live there. Um, and, and then you have the the the, the roundabouts. You talk about Barcelona proper. So, but you know, the same with Granada. I mean, Granada, you can walk from the bottom to the, the north, the south to north, in about an hour and a half. You know, it's not big, but there's five hundred thousand people packed into that. You know, right, right, that space. You know, yeah, um, or maybe, maybe three hundred thousand, but it's it's it's. The cities are small, but they're they're packed full of people. People, yeah. Spaniards like to be close to. Other they people. they they enjoy being close on yeah. people. I think part of that might be might have come from the the Middle Ages when yeah. you were often attacked and like I mean it just makes sense, right? And yeah. then part of it is just Spanish the culture, Spanish culture and desire for community and yeah. and being uh, not being people. alone and yeah, yeah all of those things yeah. yeah yeah Spain is a fascinating place. We're we're enjoying being here. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, fant- I mean, goodness gracious, Galicia, full, love you. Full surprises. Full yeah, surprises. full. Never a dull day. Never, never a dull day. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we we uh we have a we had an actual write in um from from John Main, our friend in in Australia from Down Under. Uh, good day, mate. And, <laughs> yeah, what's oh, that? I no, shouldn't no, have said no, that. No, no, that's right. He'll, he he thinks he thinks we're funny. Uh, um. But he 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 was he was wanting to, to to if we would talk about or or at least think about the um so about you know it was about three or four maybe five years ago I don't remember a American young a young guy kind of I, I guess a missionary I don't think he was necessarily sent by anyone but he was kind of a um kind of an independent but he he uh, really felt God calling him and and uh, to go to the Andaman Islands which is in, part of India. And this one island called Sentinel Island, and there's these people there that are Sentinelese who are, for the most part, still pretty cut off from the world. They have, um, and he, he that was to to share the gospel, and he he went, and uh, he I think everyone probably knows he he was he was killed. He was um you know killed by these these natives, and so I think there's a there's that I remember when it happened. If you remember, I mean, there was a lot of questioning. You know, there's it was one of the things that also a lot of people, well, you know, see missionaries are bad and or what, what whatever, you know, um, uh, the, the kind of the typical, which is a, you know, another topic we sometimes talk about, and, and maybe we should should talk about a little um, in another podcast. But you know, there's a there's a lot of ethical arguments kind of all around this, um, and obviously we're we're limited in knowing exactly his motivation and exactly. I mean, we have to I think take him at his word at some level. He wanted to to share the gospel with these people, 
Um, and, you know, so there's obviously an ethical side of this from a Christian standpoint and an ethical side of this from a non-Christian standpoint, you know, like how, how does this all play out? Um, so, I, you know, so I, I remember it being a little bit of a bomb in, in, in our circles or, a little, you know, like, how do you, what, what does this mean? What do we, how do we, how do we talk about this? How do we think about this? And there's a, there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in it. Um, so, so, so a little bit more background as I understand is the Sentinelese people um, have been contacted. So they're, they're not totally, so they're aware there's something outside their world, but they have been very clear that they don't want to be involved in that. They don't, you know, obviously don't know exactly what it is. And there's been some anthropologists who tried to go in there and do a little bit of, you know, contact and they've been given things, but they have been particularly violent. Uh, they, I think there was another case, maybe 10, 15 years ago, them kill, maybe longer. I don't remember killing some fishermen who had accidentally uh, washed up on shore. They're boated, um, had sprung a link or something like that. And so they, they were killed. So they, they're, they're particularly violent or protective of their uh, lands, but, but we don't know a ton about them um, and stuff. So one of the, there's a few people groups or tribes in the world and they're, they're one of them. So what, what, what do we do with that? There's a, there's a lot of angles there, obviously. I look to your wisdom. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I remember when I remember when that happened. So just uh, full disclosure here, uh, I have not thought about this at great length uh, for yeah. for quite some time. Um, but I, but I mean, I remember when it happened and I remember I remember the discussion. I don't remember if it was on Twitter or Facebook or where it was, but it seemed to me to be a, a decidedly Twitter like conversation. Yeah. Of, a, yeah, a lot of a lot of heat and very little you know yeah substance um but i i think you know it, it brings up a very important question as to okay so here you have a dude who so i guess there's two maybe there's two ways we could think about this what is the what is the necessary or value in making sure what kind of responsibility do we have as believers yeah. to make sure that like people groups like this who have had very little contact or continue to have very little contact uh, are contacted and have an opportunity to understand the gospel. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's question one. And I think that's probably, that's more, great. With, I think it's yeah. probably the more important question. Mm -hmm. The second question is this dude. And then when yeah. you feel compelled that God's telling you to do something, do you follow it? Um, yeah. So on, on the one hand, as a believer, uh, and then there's uh, probably subsets of questions there of like, is that the best way to have done it? Um, yeah. Does God call actually call those people? What's the wisdom of doing that on your own? This, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he is in tension from the overall question at, at large of uh, what do you do about, you know, yeah. So, so, I mean, as far as That's a good point. The, the, the second question of, and the subsets of questions of, of uh, this guy, Chow, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, did God call him? Was God telling him to do that? I don't know. I, I, I believe in a perfect judge that's got that figured out already. So, yeah. Um, so I, I can't really tell you, I, I'll, I'll say this 
let's say that it, let's you know because a lot of people go well he should have gone with an organization or he should have done this or he should have done that i think it's pretty safe to say that at this point that had they sent in a very uh let's say well-trained peacekeeping delegation the same thing might have happened because this tribe yeah. is of a particular you know violent disposition maybe maybe not so yeah. I, that to me just feels like okay we're, we're trying to answer something we're, we're not qualified to answer yeah so then i'm i personally i'm maybe a little bit more interested in the first question of what do we do in situations uh is it our responsibility do we need to go and i think the answer is for me personally is yeah we yeah as believers, we're supposed to take the gospel to the other ends of the earth. And that's an end of the earth that hasn't yet been yeah. uh, actualized and, and reached. Um, and to some extent it may require sacrifice of people. I don't say that lightly to say like, Hey, people who, people who we need people to sacrifice, like sign up to die, or we need like, we go in bloodthirsty martyrs like yeah i don't i don't think that i think there's probably ways to think through different things we could probably do it in a way that over time that would be more maybe more systematic uh and maybe more profitable but i don't know yeah i'm, I'm gonna stop there because i have a few other thoughts but i i'm long-winded yeah no i i think i agree with you in, in in the core theory that we are called to go and um and and share the gospel share christ's love and um, I, I, I do, I, I do know that making contact, you know, and I, I think there's, there's obviously enough history there of other organizations that do work with tribes and go into tribes. And I think, so I think, um, I, I don't think it's necessarily a question of yes or no. It's a question of how, how do you really, how, how do you go about doing that in the best possible way? Cause obviously there's some issues, there's issues of maybe bringing in disease, at the same time, I, I, we are, I mean, I have a hard time conceiving that we wouldn't be able to go in and, and protect people from disease, obviously. Now, if they're violent, obviously, it's a very difficult situation because you can't go in and just start giving, uh, you know, what are those things called? V vaccines, you know, which would, you know, prolong life. Um, so, so I think, so on that side of things, I think from a purely theological standpoint, yes, we're called to do that. I think we're called to do it in the best possible way with the best and, and, and knowing what we know, because we're, we're also in a very different time in, in, in world missions. We have, you know, a lot of data points, a lot of experience, a lot of failures, a lot of, you know, successes. Um, and we have this, this ability to, to, to know a lot more than we did, you know, maybe a hundred years ago or 50 years ago, and you just kind of had to go in and, and do your best um, uh, and figure things out. But so, so, so I think, my, my guess is you probably, there's some, probably some people in the mission field who have some, have thought, have, not in the mission field, but in missions who've thought about these things and deeply and how do you approach a particularly, you know, violent or a group that doesn't want contact. But um, so I think, I think you do. I think, I think also there's a flip side of this of like, we don't know what their day-to-day -day lives are like. And so there's a little bit of a assumption and, and, but it's based in some reality that no contact is better because their life is now um, pristine you know, or, or para, paradisical. I don't think um, that's something many experts in this would say. They, they would assume that, yes, that this tribe struggles probably with all kinds of issues and that if they had access to certain things, their lives would improve. But that's not a guarantee and that's not a, but I think there's a general overall weird uh, 
you know, narrative in, in a lot of Western thinking that if you can just leave people alone, it's the best thing for them, you know, and the little and, and, it's, it's actually a little bit of uh, it's kind of arrogant. I don't know. It, 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 it is. Arrogant. It's it, the, it, well, it's incredible. Well, and, and this is something I want to arrogant, get to not the right future word. conversations about missions, how, how even in this reticence of missions is an incredible arrogance in itself where the, this, the, the, we, we, we continue to put a narrative on other people's, and not do not let them ha- make their own decisions about how they interact with the world, right? We say no. You have to now interact the way the world we want you to because we feel guilt about it, or we think we feel guilt about it. So yeah, I agree. It's just incredible arrogance. And a lot of people are starting to point that out now. Obviously, if this tribe is saying, "Well, we don't want any contact," that's that's a very complicated, you know, situation. You know, um, we don't want any contact, or I mean, or yeah, maybe very well, but. Yeah, I mean, it's right. There's a million different things that it could be. Uh, obviously, they don't want any contact. That's I believe that's probably a safe assumption. But but do all of them want? That's another question. Right, do all right, of them not want right. that contact. Yeah, right. Or is it like the things are much you know one one leader has a stranglehold and you know has yeah. cast fear and I mean, th- there's just a million different things that that could be. I think, yeah. and I think we need to consider all that. So. Yeah, you make you make a great point in the idea that this, uh, you know, there are organizations out there who really have worked with and thought about these things for a long time. Probably would have been at the very least. So for those out there who are young missionaries who want to go and do, uh, let's say, crazy in a good way, but crazy new stuff, um, uh, seek wisdom. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's, I, I do, or important thing. Number one is look, there, there probably are people who've thought about or had experience with, and there's nothing better that a missionary can do, especially a young missionary than attach himself to, to wisdom of those who've yeah. gone before yeah. uh, too often in the young impetuous nature of youth. Uh, we, we, we want to praise that because we like the going, we like the ambition, but we also, we also allow them to completely disconnect themselves from wisdom. And that's not good. Then that's irresponsible of us. That's irresponsible of them. So being attached to wisdom is a very important thing. Um, always. Uh, but I mean, I do think it's, I, I, eventually I think it's, it is a good and necessary thing that we as believers are looking to and interacting with people, groups, uh, who don't know the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. If ultimately what we believe, I think this is where I get frustrated sometimes, frustrated, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I think it's important to remember uh, some things that which we believe. Uh, number one, this Jesus dude's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like if, if what we believe is God created the world a certain way, that world is fallen, then he set into motion or not then, but you know, a time before that set into motion, a plan of redemption and which his son is inextricably intertwined and is the climax of that. His son will, will ultimately redeem and return to reign. Uh, and through him, we have forgiveness of sins and hope of eternal life. Those, those aren't, those aren't small. Like yeah. that's what mission is, is based yeah. off of. Right. So it's not, yeah. it's not like, um, it's not like we're 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 espousing the the glories of the 
Texas Rangers or the yeah. the eminence of Barcelona football team. Yeah. This isn't that's small potatoes. And look, if if Real Madrid, or Madrid doesn't want to root for Barcelona, then so be it. Who cares? That's that's yeah. not an important thing. Those are those are inconsequential to overall life things. And so we should be we should be okay with that when someone says mm-hmm. look i don't want to have anything to do with that we should also be okay with the fact that look there's going to be people who reject christ that's that's not a, a necessarily up to us the the problem that i have is when we as believers want to make little of yeah. what we believe because we're either comfortable with what we believe and we're assured of salvation but secondly it makes us uncomfortable to think that some people might be uncomfortable with the message that we're ultimately yeah. bringing. Yeah. And I, I think we have to remember what we believe is kind of a big deal. And yeah. if so, so if what we believe is true, then it has consequences and it should push us to want to spread that good news. I mean, if it really is good news, if the gospel is yeah. good news, then it's for everyone in all times and all places. So then we have to be about going to take that to them. Obstacles yeah. notwithstanding. And I think, I think, um, I think we don't impose this barrier or this impediment on any, really any, anyone else. Now, I mean, no one's going, well, uh, you know, the Democratic Party, Republican believe that they have solution problem. No one's going, well, they shouldn't tone it. You know, obviously you don't like the other people's message, but you understand that they're passionate about something and they feel that it will make the world better. Of course, they're, you know, no one's holding it against them that they're trying to tell other people about their plan for, for saving the American experiment or whatever it may be. But so for some reason, we seem to get really kind of worked up about, Ooh, well, that's really, you know, negative to go out. Um, Penn Jillette, you know, Penn and Teller, the, the magicians, he's an atheist, but he, I, I saw him make a point where he said, no, if you believe that this is true, that Jesus died and rose again, he's saving all of humanity and he's bringing, and, and life is better with him and life, everything will be better with him. Then it's absurd that you wouldn't share that with me. He goes, and actually I'm offended when, Christians aren't, you know, sharing it. He also made a point because what you can tell people do out of love versus, uh, you know, just to get through something or tell something or because they actually have a secret agenda on the you know, backside. But I think, you know, he, he made that point. Like, and I've seen that other theologians like, if this is important, why, why are we scared to, you know, I, I think we're sometimes scared because there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. So I don't want to go into all those, but, but, we should be well this is this is important this is important stuff it's it's important news and 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 i think the key is are we are we doing that in love right because when when we believe that this is so which is i think a shift in evangelism that often we have to make is it's not about checklists it's not about feeling good about ourselves it's because we love people we see god's people through his eyes or we try to and we understand that evangelism telling other people about it is an act of love it's it's not not an act of propaganda it's not an act of growing a a, a movement per se or growing a uh you know bit of power or control which is often what a problem or other religions or in other um you know movements is it's about growing the the power base you know and that's not what we're about we're about love and that has to be the, the motivation for evangelism yeah it kind of goes back to our last podcast about character i think 
character mm-hmm. of love uh, ultimately is one of the most important things. So you can you can teach a skill set of evangelism, but yet if it's not grounded in love, uh, ultimately it is going to fail and um, fail fail hard or be be of the wrong wrong motive. Yeah. So well, it's interesting though because I think you can uh, extrapolate work backwards. I don't know. Uh, taking an isolated people group uh, who obviously don't want anything to do with us to let's call, let's say a less isolated, but albeit more, let's say closed off people group uh, mm-hmm. or subculture of, of various parts of society who want nothing. So one could say a group of atheists, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, maybe a subgroup of, um, you know, people who go to furry cons or what, you know, like whatever else, like if there's, if there's yeah. a subgroup of people who, who have in my, in large measure rejected Christ. So maybe it's Muslims, maybe it's, uh, you know, Muslims in our cities or whatever else, and they don't want anything to do with it. The question, so I think you can, because for most, for 99% of the people out, maybe 99.9% of the people out there, this one particular people group on an island uh we go uh, i don't i don't care about that most people who are listening yeah. to that, i don't want to say don't care about it but it's not, not something that's going to affect yeah. their life yeah but what do you do with that with that people group you have in your mind if they don't want to hear about it so um is it right for me to to enter into that group or to tell them yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. And so then that becomes a little bit more messy because it's like, yeah. well, they have access to it, but they've clearly rejected it. We can't force ourselves upon them. And you know, you respect people's choices to an extent. Yeah. Uh, and so what do you do in that case? So, so what do you do in that case? Do we, yeah. do we continue to try to make inroads to certain segments of society that have in large measure rejected Christ and made it known we want nothing to do with him? Or do we go anyway and in love and grace and truth continue to make Jesus known regardless of the fruits that are born? Yeah. yeah. So no one's going to die, but maybe you're just social rejection and not going to see quote unquote fruit. Yeah. Well, and still a lot of places you can go where you might go to jail or be be killed or, I mean, um, but I think what we're saying is in, in a, in a, globalized world there's very few of these places that exist where there's no awareness of the outside world right right so these people i think so that's i think that 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 maybe that 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 makes this case a slight as i'm just i'm spitballing yeah that's true slightly different in 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 a way i mean and i think there's still there are still people groups that are very unreached you know uh but there's they're connected into the world in some way right Right. Um, and, and and so so one one is that they're on an island, so they've been able to maintain a remote island that's been able to maintain for a long time isolation. So that's that's one thing that's very rare. Okay. Another thing is the Indian government has said we've made the decision to protect these people, and so no one goes in, no one goes out. You know, so there's a there's a level of you know. So as Christians, I don't I don't think we're against breaking the laws for for the good of the kingdom right we, i mean i i'm not against it i mean because you go in a place where you've said you cannot do these things here right so but that makes it also a little bit differently than than you know the situation um so, I th- so, so there's so some real there's some really interesting impediments that maybe aren't as common in other contexts where there is danger where there is unknownness 
I think I think if you I, I'm, now, so this is maybe where I get a little, this might get us in trouble a little bit. But if we remove ourselves from the Christian response, I I, I want to go like and play a little thought experiment. Why would we not want these people to have access to medicine? Why would we not want these people to have access to, um, you know, some things that in modern society are helpful? I understand there's an argument that those things will corrupt or cause more problems. And, and I, I think that's a very real argument you have to, you have to wrestle with. So I'm not saying not to, but at the same time, you know, is it possible to not have eventually something where this, they will have to absorb themselves into the, the real world. And so maybe the argument there is in, okay, let's do that, but let's do it well, as opposed to what maybe we've done in the past, which is more exploitation or more um, not caring for the people. So I guess that's, that's a little too, I wonder if you can play that thought experiment of if we're, let's not even talk about Christianity or faith or anything. Let's just talk about, these are people who are totally cut off from the world. They don't know even the truth that they're actually governed. I mean, they, they think they're autonomous, but they're not, they're not autonomous. It's that they're actually part of the Indian government leaders above them have decided we're going to cut, we're going to allow you to be cut off and, you know, so they don't even know that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so amount. in some sense, there's a, there's a, there's is, is there an obligation from a purely secular standpoint of saying no? Need right to around. It's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, but I, um, I know there's probably people on both sides of that argument. Yeah, and it, it seems to me that the. The, the the gospel conversation maybe is a little bit different than the uh you know the wider wider world yeah. and and government obligation because the go- the gospel is going to transcend those things yeah um yeah i i mean look i'm a missionary so maybe i'm maybe i'm going to be predisposed to be for uh making mm. com- contact i would say with within respect of of within respect of, of these people, uh, we don't, we don't run roughshod over people. Yeah. Um, so I, and I don't, I don't know the best way to do all of those things. Um, I just know that it is the, yeah, it's, 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 uh, the gospel is good news. And if it's yeah. truly good news, then it is for all people in all times and all places. Uh, therefore, with respect and grace, we try to make inroads. Yeah. Um, granted, look, you know, you, 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 there are certain things that you have to, you know, I don't know, difficulties that we have to, we have to deal with, right? So the the Indian government said, leave, saying, leave these people alone. We're gonna, we're gonna leave them alone. Then maybe that's maybe one of the first places to start is trying to convince the Indian government that it's okay to go in rather yeah. than rather than com- completely going around him i don't know but anyway yeah yeah no it's a good point yeah yeah what do you what do you do with the parts of society let's say the you know certain let's say certain jewish uh certain jewish communities within within say new york uh you know who who want who want nothing to do with the outside world as much as possible um And have made it clear as such, uh, does the Christian, do we have a need or a responsibility to go in under the mandate of the great commission? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, clearly, clearly. So I think even, I mean, because I think we're also not in a, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think one thing that's problematic about sometimes talking about people groups is people groups are made up of a lot of individuals. Yeah. And those individuals are, are from a theological standpoint, are, are deeply loved by God. So it's the people group deeply loved by God, but it's, it's different to, to say, well, this people group has said this. Well, um, okay. Yeah. In general, it's a resistant people group, but I, in a lot of those, I bet you, if you poke around, you can find in a lot of those people, I mean, in the Muslim world, plenty of people who've said, I want out of this. I want something better. Uh, in this tight community that is walled itself off from X, Y, and Z or all this, or just this. Um, and I, and I think from a, from a purely Christian ethical, I mean, we, that's not what we, we believe. We believe all people have um, Christian ethical. Is that a word? Ethical ethics. Um, in, in the sense, I think Christian ethics that we believe all people are made in the image of God. All people have the right to decide who, who they are not who they are but but have the right to be themselves and to and to not have to be forced into one one mode of of looking at god right so we believe it's your choice into some into some sense right i mean you are a, a mover an autonomous person and so so i think even this is the rebellion but maybe at the core of jesus message is like this isn't about a community controlling and and, and moving towards this is about god loving individual people and so i think i think there's part of that is that in, in that argument of saying who, who you know who died and made you god that you can decide for all these people that they can't that they're they're stuck you know now i i do think with those communities there's a different approach right obviously which approaches through love through building trust through you know gradually we're working into those communities and it takes time and it's going to take a lot of research and investigation and, and a lot of patience, you know? Um, but that was, you know, if you go back and look, that's, that was the story of a lot of missions, Japan, you know, yeah. they did not want missionaries there. They yeah. did not want them. And, and they didn't want, you know, it kind of ebbed and flowed, but there were times when it was, you know, really hard to, to, to get in there or in a lot of countries, you know, so this isn't anything new or necessarily dealing with. I think it's just newer in the sense of we're in a flatter world than before. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. We are, we are in a much flatter world than before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the passing of Queen Elizabeth has, has reminded me of that because when you look at the size of the English empire, that she saw devolve, uh, yeah. you know, decolonization and, and, and everything turning over how incredibly small the world became in her lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, it went from this massive place that, you know, where days and months and years would take to, to communicate something to instantaneous. And, yeah. um, there's a connectedness there. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to think about, um yeah it's interesting it, it, it's interesting to uh, maybe maybe that's where technology comes in so i'm going to rope in a little bit of technology here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh maybe technology some ways of maybe making sure that we're always communicating with people is that we can use technological means to 
have things floating around or targeted uh, in order, you know, like it, the barriers are smaller. Yeah. Uh, obviously you're not going to send, you know, Twitter to, to the Sentinelese, but um, wouldn't that be funny if they were actually on Twitter? It's like, yeah. they're just completely, they're completely, you know, <laughs> primitive in every sense, but they've yeah. actually got a few cell phone towers and they're, they're <laughs> all on Twitter. Uh, and that's why they don't want anyone to, to contact them is because they're like, man, you guys are crazy. <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I don't know. It's a it, terrible in there a, somewhere. An ultimately small <laughs> world. That sounds like that could easily be a Saturday night skit. Saturday night yeah. live skit. Um, yeah. The, the world is, it has become an increasingly small place, um, which is, which is incredibly good for the gospel. Uh, yeah. because you know, in some senses as communication gets easier, we can contact them. So there is a place for technology. I know that I'm a little bit of a Luddite sometimes on this podcast. Uh, but, uh, with but that's reason. where tech, with good, with good reason. <laughs> that's where technology does come in and the benefits of it. Um, Hey, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say real, real quick. I, I feel, you know, I feel like there's a strategy there and, it, you know, sorry, that's also something we don't like to talk about much, but I feel like they're, you know, and I, I feel this kind of goes back to a conversation we have a lot. What One is the need for quick payoff, quick, you know, something to happen. And I, and so I don't want this, this poor guy's, you know, motivations and what he should and shouldn't have done. I think he probably was a guy who loved Jesus and thought this is something I can try to do. And I'll, you know, Obviously, was wisdom a big part of his plan? No, but sometimes that maybe that's all right. But I, let's 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 kind of you know remove him from the the whole thing. But I do think uh, you know if there is one pitfall and one thing that you and I see a lot in missions, and maybe the lesson here is the the need for for rapid. Um, and maybe this is because we're just getting old, but but the, the need to just get it done um, sometimes can be our biggest pitfall because that we the we need to be patient we need to trust god we need to trust that he's doing something as well like god hasn't forgotten the sentinel these people not not at all right he knows what's going on he's got a plan for them uh probably something some things we don't even know about you know you know throughout whatever history you know i you know who knows you know maybe a bible's washed up there and they you know at some point in time but but my thing is like, there's got to be a way to think this through. This is a you know, hard case study, and I'm sure there are people are. How do we do this and do it well, but be patient and trust God and walk step by step to reach these people and not just go for the big, you know, the big payoff, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, there it needs to be slow, methodical, and trust that God is ultimately yeah. in control, especially when you're crossing cultures. You know? Well, you know, it's interesting because. Uh, how much hmm this is a i i think a lot about anxiety these days because i've seen how it how it comes in i don't mean anxiety in the sense of like uh you know i'm afraid to fly sort of thing yeah uh i mean that does produce anxiety for some people uh, but in yeah. that maybe could be what i'm talking about i mean more like the overall urge to get it done now or and this is yeah. this can be my problem in life right so uh, on strength finders i'm an activator and so this can actually produce anxiety in me because when i get an idea 
I'm kind of like, I've, I've got to do this now. And that's yeah, activated. Yeah. So there's a strength to that, but there's also a little bit of anxiety that gets produced a fear that if I don't get it done, I'm never going to get it done. I think through the consequences and, you know, so that's actually a little bit of in there, even within that strength. Yeah. Um, how much of, <clears throat> I, I'm not saying that when we decide to do things missionally that we're driven by anxiety. Not, yeah, yeah. not all the time. There's godliness to it. There's godly men and women who are planning things out and strategizing and, and, and all the rest. And we've got yeah. great leaders who do that. Although sometimes even within the strength of those things, there can be a certain amount of anxiety that goes in. And I think sometimes yeah. within missions and or decisions that we take as organizations and leaders and, and stuff, there can be anxiety behind that driving that. So like one, one, way of saying that would would be like you know when as a leader i receive a a, a text message from uh someone i'm leading at you know on the weekend at 11 o'clock at night hey hope you're having a great weekend sorry to disturb you but yeah um there's probably something you know sometimes they're legit messages you know sort of yeah. thing but but sometimes it's just i'm anxious about this and i've got to get it off my chest and so I'm going to pass this along to you so that you can deal with it, but then I'm less anxious about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's an anxiety. And so we, we make decisions and that causes us to act prematurely. Yeah. I, I wonder if, if sometimes when a situation like this with contacting people or certain decisions that get made, especially in impetuous youth nature, if it's not, I'm anxious about this. So I've just got to do it now. Um, a lack of, a lack of patience. Like when, you know, when my son, says, Hey, I need to answer my messages on this social media platform. And well, why, why is that important right now at this moment yeah. in time when it's bedtime? I, I just have to do it now. There's anxiety that's there uh, that gets produced. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, I think what you're, I think there's a generally in particularly American society and certain others, there, there is an impetuousness because the, there's a sense that things are going quickly. Uh, things are happening um, and so there, and, 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 and it's all going on right now. And so there, there's a real, there is a real, I think a problem with that time is sped up. There's a new book coming out by James K. Smith, is this the correct guy yep. called how to inhabit time. And I, I have oh, not read the book. It, uh, he's obviously a guy who talks a lot about secularism and faith and the world we live in. Um, it, it looks good. My, what I get, what I think is about, right. Is this is exact same thing. It's like, we no longer, we are more and more as a people becoming disconnected from time and place and space. And that is not a good thing. And so when we, uh, and, and because of that, there is, I think I'm adding this, I don't think this is what necessarily he's saying, but my guess is it might come out there is that because of that, there is this, you've got to, it's got to be done now, you know? And, and I think for younger missionaries, that's where I would always say is like, no, you can't, you, you can't, microwave a movement something you know, we can't fast forward missions there's there's no fast there's no fast forward button on the camino like these things take time and they 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 take the process of us passing through time and space uh in three a mile, real three mile an hour god yeah in a real way and and so there is this need to like you know i mean it's, it's something we try to really tell our 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 interns our stinters right who come over for years like here for a year, nothing. You know, um, don't expect that God's gonna 
start a revival and change this country because you're here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that could happen. Why not? But you get, you've got to be realistic about what you're really capable of accomplishing, what you're really here for within a year or two. And, 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 and those things take time and take, take presence and they take long days of not really feeling like you're doing anything sometimes just, but you know, but I think that's hard. I think that's hard for people, some people. Well, and I think it's, it's becoming increasingly more difficult and unrealistic given social media and the yeah. connect, you know, that's one of the downsides of the connectedness, but also the, like, it also exacerbates what we think are real issues. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to th- think of an example, but like, let's say you live in rural Spain and because of how connected we are, you hear about, you know, uh, let's say you live on one side of Spain and you hear about, crime increasing in Barcelona, mm-hmm. uh, you, you begin to grow anxious, not realizing that that's so far from me. Yeah. I have, I have no reason to worry about that. And we have a million inputs or as a Christian, um, you, you hear about, let's say, you know, a lost person somewhere, uh, you know, the Sentinelese, but you lose the perspective of what's responsible, what you're responsible for right in front of you at the moment. And so you become an anxious person missing the fact that your neighbor is in front of you rather than, you know, the the person millions of miles away. I, maybe that's not exactly the right analogy, but I think, I think there is a sense there of we're losing a little bit of perspective because there's so much information Mm -hmm. that's available Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that somehow we need to declutter the noise of, of that by decluttering yeah. the noise then and becoming a less anxious person uh, and becoming a person who can focus on inhabiting time. Right. Then that allows you to look at that Island and go, Hey, yes, this is important. And yes, time is short because every day that passes Christ is Christ's return is imminent on the other hand to recognize, but God is also in control. Yeah. And, yeah. and I can rest that there are ways to do this, which maybe may, maybe, more God honoring yeah. that kind of brings up the whole Elizabeth Elliot or yeah. The uh, uh, Nate Saint. Um, yeah. Elliot's Jim you know, Elliot. Yeah. They go in and they had a sense of urgency about it. And like, we're going to yeah. go do this. And I fantastic. I think, but also kind of like, hey, there might've been a few things that they could have done. I, I'm not being critical of the Elliot yeah, yeah. story. I think God is faithful and he used it how he used it. Yeah. Uh, but I do think, you know, sometimes I wonder, I don't know how to, how to do that. That's why I'm not God. Uh, and that's yeah. also why uh, he, he is gracious and compassionate and all that he does. But I don't know. I think it, what, another thing I'll add on to your, you know, this, the, the, the connectedness, Oprah connectedness is the, the social media, the media, they benefit by never resolving anything yeah. like if there's if you if you really notice this what, what what happens we're in this constant cycle of big big issue problem which is and and often important an important issue so i'm not saying which one group goes this is the most important issue another group goes because this thing and then within three weeks it's gone it is literally it, now I, I realize that on a local level and in certain areas people are still working on that 
but in our minds as as a global audience right i'm gonna say audience because we are we're being primed as an audience in our minds this is never resolved and so we get upset or we get apathetic about things that really are way outside of our control and abilities and really which we have like like why 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 do i care about canada's you know political system i you know like 30 years ago you guys you and i are old enough to remember no we wouldn't like we wouldn't know that much about canada i'm just and i'm just or california right and california is a big deal right now because in texas all these californians are moving through all canadian listeners under the bus you know but but you know what i'm saying is like like that that's their thing like that's their problem yeah. But but now everyone's got an opinion. So like you have to have an opinion or an emotion tied to everything that happens all the time. And and they but but it's never resolved. So I've got to have an opinion about you know Canada. Why? I'm not Canadian. But what if everyone's got you know when when there's a school shooting in Texas, everyone's got an opinion about Texas. Usually it's wrong, you know. But I, you know I mean it's it usually is because and I realize. Oh well, if I'm having opinions about Canada, I'm probably wrong mm-hmm. because I've never been there. I don't know many Canadians. But the Canadians I have met are really sweet, nice people. Um, but that's but that's about all I know. They're good at hockey. Uh, you know, I know a few things, but I don't know that much about Canada. I know more about Mexico because we live in the shadow of of a Mexican relationship with Texas and the Southwest. And um, but you know, so but but everyone's got an opinion about things that they don't know anything about. It's just a, and and then we don't resolve it, and no one learns anything, and then we just keep going to the next, the next big problem or the next yeah. thing I need, you know. And so it's 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 fascinating that 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 psych. That so many it seems like so many people are kind of caught in that, and that's what pays the bills, right? Yeah, right. It pays the bills for Twitter, for Facebook, for CNN, you know, what whoever. Uh, so does it's it not, pay? So real. does it pay the bills for Christian literature? Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm like I mean I I it's just something I'm asking the question. I'm not. Yeah. I don't have an idea in my head. But are, is some is some, some kind good. of? I don't know. I, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe That's other. You're like, did you have to go there, Barrett? There's well, there's you know, there's definitely weird. There's some interesting. No, I mean, I, I'm just asking. The, I'm right, just asking. <laughs> that are like, like, I mean, on both sides of the evangelical Christian spectrum, there's like really weird kind of snake oily kind of conferences that get plot propped up. So someone's making a. I mean, money yeah, by doing I mean, some I mean, type more, of narrative. Yeah, right. There's you know. narrative building and and. Yeah, and, and that sort of thing. But like, what are you actually doing? Like, besides throwing conferences where you speak about things that I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's weird to me. Um, conferences in of themselves. Uh, this is a side, maybe not a side. Conferences, conferences in and among themselves, because it's not solely unique to to Christians to one. No, 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 no. But are a testament to the fact that we are social beings who want to congregate. Like yeah. we, we just want to be together. Uh, yeah. And we, and, and we want answers. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we were created. Well, we were created for answers. We, no, sorry. Yeah. We were created to solve problems. We were created to be industrious and creative and yeah. communal. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that endeavor, which actually gives me, this is a very, very much an aside point, but anytime I feel overly negative about the human race or I don't know. We, we you pick any any issue under the sun. Global warming, uh, you know, end of peak oil or whatever else. Um, I'm actually I'm actually starting to be 
somewhat positive on that because the tendency among humans is to put our heads together to solve problems. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, so eventually we do that. And I think that yeah. kind of explains why, well, you know, okay, we're created in the image of God, God is communal relationships, uh, creativity, all of those things It all goes together. Um, to that end, then to that end, then I think that we are better off in situations where we have isolated, or any people group that we would desire to reach rather than doing it alone, doing it yeah. in arms and arms with yeah. people and thinking yeah. through because it's, mm. it's not, it's not the diversity of race or perspective or whatever that solves the problem, but rather the, just the diversity of human thought and working yeah. together that God's yeah. created us to put our minds together yeah. to, to solve problems. We, we, we often don't do that very well. So I'm not saying that the process is always leads to the perfect yeah. solution because oftentimes it leads to a less than optimum subpar solution. VHS versus beta. Everyone knows beta was better, but VHS won out. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. I've just heard that on a in a conversation one time. Uh, so anyway, so I so I do think yeah that yeah. It's and, I, and I so I think if there's some lessons here, and once again, I don't I don't want to cast judgment on this guy, but I think if we're looking at two things, number one. If you're, you know, as a missionary, number one, be patient. Like, I think, I think there's just something about patience is necessary in missions and then go in a team. Don't, don't go by yourself. Don't, don't think you've got, uh, you know, and I see a lot of, I see a lot of solo missions. I see a lot of people who are like, well, I'm just going to go do it. And they, they rarely get, uh, very long because you you need the you need help you need the backing of somebody you need uh i'm not saying you can't go to another country get a job and, and live your life there and share your faith i think that's great but if you're gonna say i'm part of a you know an enterprise that's trying to do something but i'm gonna just do it all by myself like i'm gonna start a church for myself that's 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 you know, you're not gonna do it you're, it's it's not gonna happen you you need you need help you need a team you need people um so that maybe the, the other Thing to kind of learn from this don't don't go by yourself unless you're sent they said well you're the only one who can do it but you but you've got an organization or a church or someone behind you going we're behind you we'll, you know when the when the rubber hits the road we'll send in the cavalry or whatever whatever it is and i just use a bunch of metaphors mixing mixing metaphors yeah interesting <laughs> interestingly enough one of the fruit of the spirit is necessary for for missions <laughs> how fascinating yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, patience, right? Patience, patience, patience wisdom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like all the, the missionary missionary biographies I read, a lot of patience. I mean, even you go back to the 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 Eliots, the Saints, that that whole group. Well, I was a lot of patience. I mean, they yeah they kept they lost their husbands and they but they kept kept plugging along kept kept plugging away at it. You know, that's a whole heck of a lot of patience. I would have pulled out. Yeah, I would, have never, I would have never gotten my. I would have never been in a situation where I would have, and I'm saying that in detriment to myself. I don't have the the um, the bravery necessarily to to put myself in a situation where I might get killed. So thank God for people who are willing to, to take those risks. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're increasingly. So this this kind of is in maybe in in honor of this. Uh, is it John Chow? uh of him there aren't too many people who who are cut from that cloth anymore 
Yeah. Uh, not thankfully, we don't have to be cut from that particular cloth so much anymore because of the connectedness yeah. of the world. Uh, but there, I'm just not sure that there are those who would fully. I mean, you got to give it to the guy. He counted the cost. He was like, "No, nah, I'm yeah. going because it's worth it. it. Jesus is worth it, right?" Uh, and that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Um, I had another question for you that which was totally off topic, and mm-hmm. I have completely forgotten it. Uh, oh, I know. Um, okay, so here we are, 2022. Uh, we can close on this for the next five minutes or so. Uh, 2022. Uh, COVID is still with us, obviously. will never go away. Yeah. Um, I don't... Hmm. I don't want to say we were right, but how how are we feeling, Garrick? Yeah, I feel good about our. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I, I'm going to give a lot of credit to you for reading that book on pan on the, the the flu pandemic and just seeing how like how how remarkably similar a hundred years ago was to to now uh, and and how you know he, he, the human humans will, will will you know we figure it out we move forward it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, it was, you know, fairly grand nuisance in everyone's lives, and unfortunately for you know a lot of people lost their life or, you know, faced you know incredible health issues. So, but I, yeah, I mean, as I look at it, life has pretty much returned to normal. You know, people are going back to work in mass or being forced to. You know, there's a few. You know, the Chinese still haven't figured this out. Uh, they're still uh, having trouble, but pretty much everywhere else in the world, I, I think uh yeah things things are yeah good do you do you think that there are what what do you so so in the beginning there was a lot of conversation about pivot right so we're gonna everything's gonna be you know the future is here this is gonna be the uh catalyst that helps us change and we'll never go back to uh you know conferences and uh you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, I, we have a mutual friend who does a lot of speaking in the, um, uh, Latin American world. And I've been following on Facebook lately and, um, conferences he's going to are uh, pretty packed. Uh, so, um, and you know, there's obviously there's a lot more say zoom meetings, uh, online yeah. conferences that you can sure. be a part of because people utilize those things. But do you think that there are any, let's say full pivots that we made that are, oh, are there any, your, are there any that you're, cause look, I mean, okay. To an extent. Yeah. We're right. I mean, we felt like, eh, it'll go back. People are people. Um, we've always kind of been that way. We have a desire for community. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to most mostly go back to the way things were, but what are the vestiges of, or what are the, what are the pivots that, that remain or the half pivots that remain? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Any, I, I think you and I are, are, our biggest beef was there was some articles written about how, you know, the, the, it was the end of the university or something like that. Like, right. You know, I think that was some guy did go for that. Um, and obviously that's, you know, that's not, I just, I just, my, my, my oldest daughter just started, at, you know, university. So she's having a great time. It's, it's, you know, but it's, it's, it's the university experience. Uh, so I, I think we were very much. So, so the question, that is a really good question is, are there some pivots that, um, that are, are here to stay? 
I, I do think what you said is that there's a little bit more, in, in, you know, emphasis on um, needing to be present, digital, and even be digital. But I, I, I had a really fascinating conversation with a good friend of mine who is an executive pastor of a very large church who uh, quickly pivoted very well online and for, for, for good reason and, and did a great job. Fantastic. Um, and you know, he, he's, he, he, but he, he, his thing was, yeah, but it wasn't the be all end all. It wasn't, it was something you had to do, but it did not unlock the cheat codes. Right. That was kind of what it was like. This is, this is it. And, and he said, you know, I've, he said, he kind of his point was I've been in ministry long enough. I've seen a lot of trends. I've seen a lot of, there's always this, this need to say this is the thing that's happening. This happens, you know, kind of cycle, cyclical with generation that come in. This is now the new thing. And his his, his takeaway was, look, he goes, you can't tell people no because because we're because basically his thing was that like, we're spending a lot of money on production, right? Probably too much money on production, you know, because if you want to compete, you have to put money in production. So there's a lot of money, time, effort that goes into that. He goes, you can't tell people no. He said, you have to learn to ask the right questions. And I thought that was really interesting about, about this whole conversation we've had about pivoting to, you know, it's like, I think maybe in some of this, our era was we, we come maybe in some of this stuff, we might've come off a little bit too, uh, too brazen, too, uh, too rebellious, you know? Um, and whereas we, we just need to ask some good questions that make people go, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. No, no one was really talking to us during the, the thing anyway. Just, we were who just wanted, talking to who wanted our opinion? <laughs> no one wanted anyway. Uh, but, but I don't know. Big. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I think like anything. I think. I think we sift. I think we sift out the stuff that works. So, Tim, what what I'm observing in life is that when big changes happen, um, they're the first adopters who declare it the you know, yeah, the cheat code. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, we're swinging the pendulum one way. And so in a crisis situation, like with the pandemic, everyone, many people will feel the even peer pressure to go, okay, this is what I've got to do. And they put all their money into that and, and everything else. Um, and then as things begin to settle, it's kind of like a sifter. It's like the bigger mm -hmm. chunks that are more important will remain. And the stuff that maybe wasn't so important kind of, kind of get sifted out. So I think, you know, you've probably got a lot more churches who found some ways for their church to utilize zoom yeah. in some creative ways or university ministries uh, that say, you know, oh, we're going to do this workshop or, we, oh, we've got this guest speaker who's going to come, you know, hey, let's do a Zoom thing this week. Uh, yeah. And people who can join can join or we're going to do like, you know, maybe crew, you know, can do a nationwide Zoom thing about missions or whatever else. It's kind of like, hey, that that really worked. And we got, you know, 700 people on where we would have had to do five different meetings, you know, in yeah. seven, you know, some efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some efficiencies that get there and a willingness, but, but I think, so I think we're sifting out kind of the things yeah. that are like, Oh, that's good. But then I think you, you, you've got ultimately what you've got is you've got in some situations, you've got the people who want to pull it back all the way over to the other side and go, okay, yeah. now. So like, you know, companies that require presence five days a week, 
you know, where maybe, maybe they really didn't need to do that. You know, you, you had, yeah. you know, some people were pretty happy working from home and maybe we're up in productivity, but you know, just different stuff. So I, I think there's still a sifting going on. Yeah. Um, and ultimately maybe that's what we were trying to express the whole time is like, Hey, just, just let some stuff settle here. Uh, you'll be able to figure it out. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we, as people, you can change the mode of our communication, but we desire to be with each other. Yeah. Uh, we desire to, so you mean, you sent me the link to the, um, uh, faith deconstruction, uh, conference, mm -hmm. uh, that's going on. And it's kind of like, that seems like the most least deconstructiony thing you could possibly yeah, do yeah, so like, let's to get out there and, and process <laughs> about how to how to go upon your own way to find your own faith yeah uh so it's kind of a, a certain amount of ir irony there but at the yes, end yeah. all that highlights is we as people like we're communal and we yeah. like to be together and we need people to process and be in community with yeah so as long as you take that as your principle you're going to be able to figure things out and yeah. why why there's such a quick desire to atomize everything and say, this is, this is what's going to be, we're going to be strict individuals and atomize everything. It's like, well, maybe, maybe we still want to be in community. So anyway, so I, I don't know, some quick thoughts, nothing's, but, nothing's set, yeah. but I, I think overall. I think what we certainly learned was without a doubt. I mean, all the evidence is that online education for children is horrendous. Terrible. It, it, it is, it is literally the worst thing you can do to a kid. I'm not yeah. saying that you can't have some everyone's well some something on that, but you know it was that was a you know which Europe figured out very quickly. This is not going to work. Let's get in the country as soon as possible. And so I think I I wonder sometimes how much of the whole let's uh, this is all this is the way things are going to change was was driven a little bit by you know naivete obviously on and maybe in the Christian world, but at naivete on on what how things really work and lack of theological kind of reflection but i wonder also on the other hand is this you know kind of the, the wider broader movement of trying to move everything uh into a digital experience you know like we're gonna live in a digital world i mean there's that there's that movement it's not it's not super big because most people i think are like well i don't want to i want to but there is a group of people who are you know moving that was let's that's where the future is well you know, be plugged into something, the matrix. I, I don't think we're going to get to that. I'm not, but I think there's a, there's some people who who's foresee that. And so them, to them, this was this opportunity to, you know, to go on, you know, somehow, you know, like some of the, the, the cryptocurrency, there's been moments where it's like this, you know, right. You know, this is the future. This, this right. But the people, you know, processing that the most are the people who have the most to gain at the same time, you know, right. by, by making those things. But, um, but yeah, I, by and large, I just I, I can't think of anything right now, at least in Spain or the U.S. where I've been, where people aren't living their lives 100% normal. Um, you know, aside from every once in a while putting on a mask because you're concerned about this this environment, or you know, going to a hospital or or a uh, um, a bus wearing a mask, which is that's going to end eventually as well. You know, we're not going to. You know, have that restriction forever you know it's just still because people are worried about there could be another you know spike mm -hmm. and so you're trying to protect lives so right um but i i i, I just literally you know all this air travel will 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 change forever all these articles i remember reading in the, in the first year is like well no it's like well, i'm i'm flying as much and i flew a lot during the pandemic <laughs> you know, 
Well, and, uh, there, there's an example of how there are reasons for this, but Europe Europe didn't uh, swing the pendulum as hard yeah. as America yeah. did for. And again, there's there were structural reasons for the way American companies and yeah. European companies are made, and laws and different stuff like that. But like, yeah. Europe has had some trouble with with um, flights. I mean, Amsterdam Airport still has three hour waits for security and different stuff like that. Yeah. But by and large, Europe didn't have the same flight disruptions this summer as yeah, yeah. America had uh, because they didn't furlough as many people or as many people didn't walk away because well, jobs are a little bit harder to come by in Europe. And so if you have yeah. the opportunity to say, well, maybe my job will come back, you stick with it. Yeah. Uh, and I would say Spain and Spain is more, maybe jobs are harder. Other Northern yeah. European comedy economies are maybe a little bit more flexible. So, sure. so anyway, so I, I just think, you know, that's kind of the, there, there's two different stories to to realize that are going yeah. on there and we kind of straddle both of those uh but you know we're not all strapped into like body suits with a mask and we're, we're not we're not we're not we're not we're not only letting like the you know the elites fly you know it's it's right. it's back to normal and right since there's yeah. these kind of projections of like well you know you're never going to go on a vacation again kind of things right it's just not safe you right know? it's like well every, every Everyone and their grandmothers in Europe right now. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, you're only gonna do staycations from now on. It's like yeah, yeah. I only saw pictures of people in airports <laughs> this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, anyway, okay. So anyway, I, we I, right. I brought that up not to say <laughs> that only that we were right, but rather there are some leadership and yeah. spiritual principles that are at play there, which I think yeah. are, are are important to remember. Uh, so. The next time something happens, uh, oh, let's just settle down, people. Don't, don't pivot. We'll get through it. We'll, You're going to make yourself dizzy with how fast you pivot. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, in memory of uh, Josh Chow, um, who I think was a person who loved people uh, and wanted to see them know Jesus, which is not a terrible thing. So give the guy yeah. a break. Um, may we always uh, do missions better and um make jesus known more authentically amen and uh also pivot uh sorry um god i couldn't couldn't resist uh great talking to you until the next time we uh we chat uh have a great uh life (laughs) (laughs) great life Uh, until next time we'll talk to you later buddy All right, man.